This is Fall on Blast, part of the On Blast Podcast Network, available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube. If you like it, then subscribe and tell your friends. Holla. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You're far too kind for tuning in once again to this little thing we like to call the Ball on Blast Podcast. My name is Sean Alexander, and once again, I'm joined by my dude, Andrew Webster. Webby, what is good? Just taking in all the all-star festivities from Charlotte. Um, Here's my thing, and I know we're going to get into it, but I want to address it right away because we have differing opinions on J. Cole. And I was oh, saying, oh no, no, no! I got a thing on. That. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> all right, I know all right. You got, don't worry. I, I got a spot I've got saved take. for you. I've got don't take. worry. We'll get to that. Don't worry. Don't worry, buddy. Come on, come on. Now I got you covered. Well, now I know we're coming with the J, J, J. Cole takes coming in hot. hot. Don't worry. Uh, all right, I'm aware, so I'm aware. I got you covered. We haven't had any uh, pro basketball action in the last little while, and uh, so tonight, you know, big deal. North Carolina, Duke, tune in, and Shelly, what happens? Less than a minute into this game. Right? Less than a minute into the game, Zion blows out a shoe, which Rips I've never his entire seen that shoe, before. exactly. <laughs> and subs out of the game, like, the shot of Zion, I feel like the collective basketball world, as he slipped and just went to the ground grabbing his leg, the collective basketball world all side at the exact same time, no? And, and he's not coming back in this game, and I was just saying to you, I think this that may have been the last time we're going to see zion play college basketball the funny part about it and we were about to talk about it and i said no 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 we'll save it for the pod but scotty pippen a couple weeks ago everyone was laughing at scotty pippen because he suggested that zion should not play another game in college because the nba is calling and he's a surefire number one pick and has so much money ahead of him and that he shouldn't play college anymore do you remember that that was like Three weeks ago, max, no? Yeah, yeah. And everyone laughed Scottie Pippen out of the gym, right? And now you're looking at that play and you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> it's crazy. It's it's crazy because you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. But it's just funny that – not funny. It's just odd that that was a, a talking point that we all kind of laughed at. And then you see the most ridiculous thing ever where his shoe explodes on a cut. If he, That's weird. If he never plays, if he really does never play for Duke again, Comes out in the draft. Is he still the number one overall pick? It'll be, you know, funny enough, you're a Sixers guy, right? It, yeah. It'll be an Embiid situation. Absolutely. Right? Because Embiid was supposed to be the top pick mm, overall. I don't know if he had it's... injury problems. And then Embiid fell, but he wasn't going to fall that far. Uh, Zion, listen. I think, if he doesn't play another game and there's injury concern, he, d- he can't fall that far. Right? Like, I still see him going number one, but I can't see him falling that far. It's a good comparison, too, because, you know, your number one and number two that year were both on the same team with Wiggins and Embiid, ah, right? Ah, good call. Good and now call. you have yep. Barrett and Zion, but I just have a, like, just seems to me that Zion is such a bigger slam dunk, pardon the pun, hey. uh, than Embiid was that year. It seemed like Wiggins was kind of the the uh, the consensus number one overall pick, where Zion has seen that way. So it'll be interesting, man. Yeah. We're selfish. Sure. We're selfish basketball fans. We want him to play because we like well, that's to see the thing. Zion do cool shit. Well, that's the thing. Regardless of what your rooting interest is between Duke and North Carolina or whatever, I feel like every basketball fan was like, "Oh no!" When Zion hit the ground, so I mean, that's not a good look at all. Tough way to start the podcast. I mean, but we have to talk about it because it's literally happening as we're about to, 
as we were about to start recording. So crazy stuff there. Tough way to start the pod. But of course, you know, it's ball on blast. We do talk a little. Got it. Uh, we talk all basketball, of course, but mostly we talk about the NBA, right? Zion probably going to be a future star. Zion might be a future star of All-Star Weekend. How's that for segue? Does that work? It does work. It does work. But if he is at All-Star Weekend, is anybody going to see him? Oh. I mean, oh. The, the numbers were in from, from the All-Star game on, on Sunday, and they were. It, it's been the lowest rated NBA All-Star game in like 10 years. Which is super interesting to me because there's so much going on with, like, we would argue the NBA hasn't been more popular, right? Yeah. But I feel like what's happening is the NBA trends younger, right? And younger people do not have cable TV. They're not watching cable TV. And so the numbers are going to be down for something, for everything involving the NBA. I just think that that's a sad reality of where things are going because, you know, there's so much more going on on the web. Whereas, for example, Saturday night, there is a complete alternate feed where you could watch Barkley and KG reacting to the slam dunk contest on TNT's Twitter feed, right? So it's it's interesting. You're right. It, and so my point, I guess, is the NBA numbers, it shows you something, but it's not really telling you the full story. But, of course, that's still where the money's made is still TV for now, right? Absolutely, and that's a really good point. They Even on TV, they spread those things out in terms of having those second screen experiences. You know, in the yeah. college in college football, they have the coaches and, and, and all-star. Did you watch any of that with KG and Charles? I did. I popped it up a couple times just to see what was going on, just to check it out. And they literally just had one camera set up that was live streaming, and it's just a shot of them sitting there courtside. But the thing was... It wasn't live to, like, what was happening with my TV. So you couldn't really watch it at the same time. Oh, really? Right? Like, yeah, like, they were ahead of what my TV was. Huh. Right? So, I mean, it was interesting, but I don't know how much or where that's going in the future. But the other interesting point was you mentioned the ratings. On Sunday, the other thing that they did was, in the States anyways, it was different in Canada, but in the States they had two feeds going. You could watch the normal feed on TNT, and then on TBS, they had the players-only feed, which was yeah. Greg Anthony, Charles, and KG. And that's what I meant so, by spreading it out, too, right? Yeah, like, totally. But what did point. you think of All-Star Weekend? Like, numbers are down, but what did you, Andrew Webster, think of NBA All-Star Weekend as a whole? Did you enjoy it? What stood out to you the most? Well, the thing that stood out to me most was a moment, right? Was the okay. Curry bounce pass to Giannis. I think that's going to be your lasting image of this all-star. I thought that, um, I don't know, I thought KD winning MVP was a little anticlimactic. As, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of what he did was done in the first quarter and then a little bit of uh, a an, little ex bit late. an explosion late. Yeah, kind of right when it... Right when LeBron's team seemed to have taken control. Now, I don't know who you would have given the MVP to. I thought Lillard had a good game. but For sure. I, it, what were they calling him? Logo Lillard or yeah. something like that? <laughs> well, they Was asked that him, it? and I loved it. They were like, yo, they didn't start him. But they were like, we're going to play him in the second half and like rely on him a lot because that's Lillard time. But He's I, balling. But what, there was definitely a difference between this year and last year. I thought last year's game was, like, we talked about it last year, uh, how incredible and how fiercely competitive that game seemed to be. 
And this year, it seemed to revert back to the kind of all-star games that we grew up with, that it's just kind of going through the motions, not playing defense. There didn't seem to be a lot of, like, stake in the game, you know? Do you know what I think it was? So, one thing. Last year's all-star game was a lot more competitive, and I think it was probably just because it was the first time they did the new format right? with picking teams and all that, and I think that led to it being a lot more competitive because it's just something new. This time around, I feel like there was so much talk about LeBron's team being way better than Giannis's team, and so KD was just chilling. Like, you mentioned it, right? Like, he kind of picked his spots, and it worked out, but there's so much talk about LeBron's team being way better than Giannis's team, and so what you saw early was... Giannis going super hard and trying really, really, really hard, and that's where the big lead came from. But then at the end, it's kind of, you know, yes, LeBron's team is way better, and that's what the game was. Yeah. My thing, though, was I enjoyed it. I mean, I still thought it was a good game, like, in terms of all-star games, which, so I'm saying that on grading on a curve. And so my thing was the reactions that everyone had afterwards. Like, there's a lot of different media takes, a lot of just different people I spoke to were saying that they didn't like the All-Star game at all. They were bored by it. People were crushing the All-Star Saturday night, saying it's a waste of time, and it was boring. And I was so confused by this, Webby, that I asked one of our guys, and one of the editors at Sportsnet, one of my guys, Timmy Haggs. You know Timmy Haggs. Of course. right? And... I asked him this on Tuesday because we were about to tape the pod. And b- before I left work, I asked him, I was like, yo, man, I'm trying to figure this out. And I can't make sense of it in my mind, like, what's throwing me off about this. But why are people so rattled and, like, seem so, quote, angry about the All-Star game? And he just simply said, well, what did people expect? And then everything clicked for me right there. I was like, ah, that's it. I'm not really here for the all-star game for like the actual game or the event. I'm here for the hoopla of what the all-star game represents, the event that the all-star game is. Do you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Here's what I think about the all-star game and the whole all-star weekend Mm -hmm. is that, and we talked about this a little bit about the beginning with the TV. The all-star weekend, it's not even, you don't even need to televise it. Yeah. Just send me the tweets oh. of what happens. You know, I, I don't need saying, yeah. like I don't need a four hour broadcast of having <laughs> Reggie Miller and Chris Weber and whoever else you want to put in that booth like react to dunks. Like, you know what? <laughs> Show me these guys dunk in a, like a two minute clip. Right? Like have it live, but just broadcast it to Twitter. Because like it's all this extra stuff that I don't care about. And even the All Star game itself, like there's a couple of great moments that okay. you're going to consume on Instagram. You know, like why why would you need to watch that entire All-Star game? What like other than that Steph Curry bounce pass to Giannis, give me one crazy moment. That's so funny because I heard someone else say the same thing like why would you watch all of Saturday night? And I went the opposite way. I'm like, I'm here anytime you tell me Ernie, Chuck, Shaq, and Kenny are calling whatever or they're just there. I'm here for the entire time, right? And again, I'm like them. I'm not here for the actual game. I'm just here for the jokes. So that's part of the reason why I'm there, but also just the event factor of what the all-star game is. Like, to me, the three-point contest, whatever. Oh, skills I thought, competition, see, I, I think, thought is the, trash. I thought the three-point contest this year was better than the dunk contest. 
No, I, I agree with you there. I, I like the three-point contest. I'm just saying it's not that big of a deal. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I like it. I enjoy it. It was cool. It's cool to see a dude wet, like, what, 12 straight threes or whatever Joe, Joe Harris, Harris did, yeah. right, to, to win that. And, like, the dunk contest is super hit or miss to me, right? But I think it was Rachel Nichols that brought up the point about the NBA and culture and how the NBA just understands – like not only its players, but the culture of the people that follow the sport so much better. And they're in a different place, right? So her example she used was when you have the all-star game and you have 30 baseball players in a room, you just have 30 baseball players in a room. But when you have 30 NBA players in the room, you basically get like the front page of us weekly (laughs) combined with 30 NBA players, right? Like there's so much more storylines. There's so much more to all of these guys, right? Like LeBron is building a media empire KD is basically about to move his empire from Golden State to New York. Like, there's just so much other storyline, so much else going on. And I'm here for all of that. Like, I want to see what people are wearing. I want to see what celebrities are in Gucci Row. I want to see what new kicks are, are out, right? I want to hear Chuck make fun of Shaq and whoever. Like, I want to see their interview with Meek Mill. Like, I'm here for all that stuff for All-Star Weekend. And so for me, I wasn't disappointed. But for for a league that looks so far ahead and is so progressive in almost everything that they do, it's so weird that their all-star game is so static throughout the years, Hmm. right? Like, there's no different... You're right. The game itself isn't isn't anything special. No, but I'm even saying that even the Saturday night, like, there's got to be some way to change around either how you're presenting this or what kind of events are going on. Because, like, the same old thing year after year of tuning in at 8 o'clock on the Saturday night for the three-hour – sucks. For the three-hour broadcast is, like, that's not how it's done anymore. Like, that's not how media is done. And for such a progressive league like the NBA to think outside of the box when it comes to expanding who's enjoying your league and to really outreach for global audience to then think so inside the box – when you're trying to promote all this talent in your league through the all-star weekend is really confusing to me. Well, first things first, you got to get rid of like, I'm not here to listen to Reggie Miller at any time. Well, that's, to be honest. Yo, that's what I was saying. We, we need to all sit down and have a really serious Reggie Miller conversation <laughs> because he's really, bro. He's really ruining a lot of these games and a lot of these events. It's so annoying. And like, you give me the option of, Chuck, Kenny, and KG, and Shaq, and Ernie, just like not doing play-by-play, but more so sitting down and talking, having a conversation as if I'm there in their living room or they're in my living room with me watching the festivities. You know what I mean? I'm I'm much more here for that than I am for the play-by-play and terrible jokes that Reggie Miller's trying to give me for, you know, the three-hour game, or Chris Webber talking about no help defense during an all-star game. Yeah. It's like, wait, are you Where's calling the this for real? Yeah. What's happening? <laughs> right? But, again, I'm entertained because the NBA gave me enough stuff where, like, Anthony Hamilton singing the anthem a year after Fergie, oh, yeah, the, the like, counter of that, that was pretty cool. I thought that was dope what Anthony Hamilton did. Meek Mill. Now, what other league, Webby, is going to allow a dude that – you know, forget about situation, rightfully or wrongfully being imprisoned, but a year out of jail performing 
on like that league's biggest stage. Yeah, like, that would never happen in the NHL. Definitely not <laughs> after we watch Maroon Five no. at the Super Bowl halftime show. But for the NBA to be like they're the best at understanding their fan base and understanding their their players in terms of understanding what Meek Mill means to the culture. And I always say this on this podcast when I say culture because far too often people think that culture just means black and white. Right. Or they think it's like a substitute for black people and white people, and it's not that. It's culture, meaning you understand the importance that Meek Mill means to the culture and what he's doing now, but also how his imprisonment unified the culture. Do you know what I mean? And so he was able to come out and represent so much more than just being a rapper. But having him perform, like, I know you as a F- Eagles fan, especially, Webby, but seeing Dreams and Nightmares performed over, like, normal, over-the-air TV, I was like, this is incredible. Absolutely. Well, and, thought- but, but that, like, it goes back to what I'm saying. Like, they obviously, the NBA understands its audience. They understand who is watching the games. They understand who's buying the tickets. They understand who's buying the merchandise. But it yeah. still comes back to you're presenting this exhibition of of all of the talent and the celebration of your culture, and you're doing it in such a an, an old hand way. It's like it <laughs> literally, thing. like they were showing. It literally hasn't changed since the All Star Weekend started back in you know. The 70s, 80s, yeah. 90s, it's it, it's the same. And I really think that they've got to take advantage of what they're doing uh, online and through social media to really change what the – and I'm not talking about like, hey, tweet us what dunk you want to see or like we're going to yeah. bring the wheel the wheel of dunks back. No, nah, like you got to really <laughs> think outside of the box. Yeah. And they – you know, even breaking up the broadcast like they had it with – with Charles and, and KG on one broadcast, but, like, even more outside of the box. How are we going to – like, what is the All-Star game going to look like in, in 10, 15 years? Hopefully not the same as it looked the previous 10, 15 years. I, I understand what you're saying, but I wonder if it's, like, like how much you can actually change from the game because that is so much dependent on the players. And one of the things I enjoy watching, to be honest, is – who is clearly still drunk from the night before? Uh, James Harden. Yes, for sure. That is always the answer, right? Yeah. And in this era now where you're picking the teams, I feel like that's one of the things that I'm so interested in. I'm a basketball nerd. Like I'm like way too deep that I understand the casual fan doesn't care. But I enjoy laughing at the fact of when you're watching someone shoot just step back three after step back three, <laughs> and those are the only shots they take for the entire game. You're like, okay. This guy is sweating out the Hennessy for sure, right? Just like, look at Russell just Westbrook's. Just how awkward Jokic looked. <laughs> Russell right? Westbrook's because... line from from the All-Star game is great. It's like <laughs> yes. one, it's like he took 10 shots and was one for nine from three-point land. Like In that's, like 19 uh, minutes, he took like 20 shots or something. Like <laughs> oh, it's crazy, man. <laughs> so, But I enjoy watching that stuff, right? Like Russ being Russ like on at the ultimate level. Dudes just, you know, KD was playing no defense on Giannis and then just talking shit, forcing him to shoot threes, right? Like, I liked watching that stuff. KD talking shit to, to JoJo. I was I enjoyed watching that stuff. I thought that was hilarious, right? And especially seeing JoJo who, as a center, it's already awkward enough because the All-Star game's not <laughs> meant for you. Yeah. But you looked super awkward out there. KD talking trash to him. But this all after the video went up online about him doing karaoke 
like the night before at some bar. Did you see this? Yeah. And what track was it? It was Drake's nonstop. So That's he's right. like, he's like doing karaoke, takes his shirt off and he's rapping nonstop. And it was super funny because the videos that are out there, people were making a lot of issue because obviously there's like white people in the video and there's lyrics where dropping N bombs. So you bring up that whole debate again. And it's like, can't we just laugh at Joel Embiid? And don't get me wrong. I'm not excusing anybody for using the end bomb. That's not what I'm doing here. I'm just saying when you have an NBA player on all-star weekend, taking off his shirt and do dancing and, and doing karaoke less than 24 hours before a game, that is a joke to me, right? Like I'm not here to chastise exactly. the no. person who who's rapping along drunk at whatever, like, that's their own issue. That's their own problem. They have to deal with on their own. I was just like, this is ridiculous. And then my guys hurt. <laughs> what? Yo, what's so, happening, Webby? What's wrong with your boy? Yeah, I hope it was n- nothing that happened in the game. But like, and hopefully it's just a precaution. But anytime you see knee soreness with Joel Embiid, it's like you got to treat that with kid gloves. So I'm sure a guy like JoJo wants to get back on the court as soon as possible. But. Just hold him out. It's like Zion. Why risk it? Yo, hopefully he didn't hurt himself doing karaoke, man, because he, he looked lit he was, in that yo, video, man. He was getting into it. <laughs> it's a rolly now to stop. Watch. So I'll stop. I'll stop. But <laughs> <laughs> that was that was funny. Uh, he was doing karaoke to Drake, who did not perform for his hometown's all-star game, which no. I feel like he still kind of got a pass for that because he never got a good enough excuse as to why we had to sit through Sting. Sting. <laughs> for Toronto's all-star game while Drake was on the sidelines. But one guy did show up for his hometown that I tweeted it before it happened because I knew it was going to happen. Yeah, right? yeah. Timeline flooded with the extremes. J. Cole is either the worst rapper ever or the greatest of all time. But J. Cole, nonetheless, stepped up to the mic and performed at his hometown's all-star game. And Webby, I'm going to let you go first. I got jokes. I'm going <laughs> to let you go. J. Cole... What is your take? I, I know which side you fall on, but for the listeners, J. Cole, Okay, what are your thoughts? So you know uh, that it's not a great performance when the best thing to come out of it is people talking about your starter jacket. <laughs> it was a nice jacket. <laughs> it was a nice jacket. You can't lie. <laughs> now, okay, I, I, you know, I'm getting old. You know, I'm almost 35 now, which is scary to say. I, I've seen a lot of things. I, I tend to, like like to pay attention to what the people are listening to. And, you know, I I understand a lot. I may not love, you know, what the kids love. I usually get it. I don't understand. I don't understand J. Cole. So I don't. I don't. Okay. His beats are whack. I'm supposed to be. (laughs) I'm supposed to be impressed that he's gone platinum with no features. Here's the thing, Shelly. You know what I like? (laughs) I like features. (laughs) Like I, I like when Jay Z hops on a track. You know, I, I, I like uh, Jada kisses on your song. Amazing! Like that's, that's fantastic thing. You know what I don't want to hear? Like twenty six songs of just you. And uh, listen, I, I know he's a great guy, and he's uh, bringing a whole different kind of uh, frame of mind to the hip hop game. That's great. That's great. I just, I, I don't know. I, I couldn't imagine jumping in my jeep. And turning up J. Cole CD. Like, hey, <laughs> hey guys, let's roll the windows down and blast this J. Cole. Okay, 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 okay. That's enough J. See, Cole slander. Do you see where I'm coming from, though? Okay, do you here's at the least thing. see where I'm coming from? J. Cole, to me, is a perfect representation of 
takes in the year 2019 or this era in general, right? Because it's such extremes. Whereas I come in in the middle, honestly, where there's some of his albums I think were fire and some songs I think are so good. Like some of my favorite songs by any artist, period, J. Cole, right? I can say that with confidence. Like J. Cole off his first album, Rise and Shine, is one of my favorite songs ever. Okay, I can say that. Four Sill Drives is one of my favorite albums ever. I could say that. On the flip side, ever one of some your albums fi- I think on, are trash. Hold on, Sheldon, Sheldon, Sheldon. <laughs> okay, I'm one of one of your favorite albums ever. Four so, Sill like, Drives. Is you're gonna dope, rate it. You're say, gonna rate it with like. Uh, you know, 36 Chambers, you're going to rate it with Illmatic, you're going to rate it with, you know, you're going to rate what it, I'm saying. you're going to rate it with the Black Album, you're like, you're going to rate Forest Hill Drive. I didn't say that it's above any of those albums, I you just said, said it's one, one of, of my your, favorites. One of your favorites. How many favorites do you have that you <laughs> as I have a lot of, of favorite albums. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That will be a summer podcast, by the way, where we just list our favorite albums. That oh, will be 100%. a definite just summertime. Just going back, back and forth. Yeah, absolutely. But no, and I will say in fairness, one of the reasons why Forest Hill Drives is one of my uh, favorite albums is because a couple years ago, he did the first day of OVO. Yeah. And that was his tour for that album. And it was just such a good show. It was a dope show. And I enjoy that album a lot. And it's it's just a fire album. Like, I, I, I do not hesitate in saying that. But I'm saying... On the whole, though, I come in in the middle on J. Cole. I think he has some really whack albums, too, and some really whack songs. So, do you know what I mean? Like, I, I see both sides of it, but I just think, okay, cool. Like, I like J. Cole. I think he's okay. There's some songs I really don't like. Cool. But I'll say this much. What he you did couldn't give, in you terms couldn't of... Give, you couldn't give P.D. Pablo any love in North Carolina? <laughs> Yo, P.D. Pablo made enough money this weekend Yo, off of every, his track being played. Every commercial, every commercial break. break. Every commercial break. He did all right. Although he did tweet out that he was kind of mad they didn't ask him to perform, right? 100%. <laughs> but I'm giving J. Cole a lot of credit because someone tweeted at out least this I story. Know the words to a, at least I know the words to a P.D. Pablo song. Okay, well, here's the thing that J. Cole did. Maybe, <laughs> maybe so that his performance didn't turn out how you would imagine it would probably turn out, right? But... A lot of people might not know this story, but someone went to Twitter, a J. Cole fan, and they explained this. And this guy's name is, I mean, I don't think this is this person's real name, but it says Chuck Taylor. <laughs> Internet <laughs> name. But this guy says, I want to explain to y'all why J. Cole is the GOAT. When they asked him the to do the goat. halftime show. <laughs> the GOAT of hey, rap? As I said, the extremes, Webby. You just follow me for a second, okay? The GOAT. I'm not saying he's the GOAT. I never said it's that. He's literally a GOAT. This is Chuck Taylor's words, not mine, okay? Well, follow me for a second here, okay? He says, when they asked him to do the halftime show, he said he would only do it on his terms. All those people on the court, me included, were all free tickets. He wanted his actual fans to be a part of the show. Now, we had to wait over five hours in another building, standing most of the time, and he felt bad about us having to wait all that time for just 10 minutes of a show, so he decided to do a private concert after the game at another venue, and of course, that was free also. The whole Dreamville team performed, and Wale made an appearance as well. Now tell me how awesome of a person he really is. I just think that's kind of cool. No? I Listen, I'm sure he's great to his fans. <laughs> I'm sure Webby's he is. Would be still not impressed. That's incredible. I'm, yo, I'm, yo, yo, listen. You know what? A lot, of, a lot of artists out there love their fans too. 
Well, Drake didn't love his Toronto fans. He didn't even perform at the All-Star Game in Toronto. He did the player intros. Listen. Like, I would have been <laughs> fine with Herbie doing the intros for that. And, okay? I, and I, I, I would have been fine with J. Cole doing the intros, to be quite honest. Oh, come on. You know? I I'll say this. I'll say this because we're obviously going to have to agree to disagree on J. Cole. I think he's okay. You think he's trash. And some of the world think that he's the GOAT. Or Chuck Taylor thinks he's the GOAT. Where's the truth? I don't know. Depends on who you the ask. The GOAT. The, the greatest of all time. <laughs> all I'm going to say is I appreciate the fact that both J. Cole and Beak Mill both did songs for their fan bases. They didn't perform songs that, you know, because especially Meek Mill. Meek Mill could have done the bangers, right? Like No. You do Dreams and Nightmare. It's an anthem. Exactly, but the real fans are going to appreciate that. Whereas someone watching who is not familiar with Meek Mill at all, they're going to be like, "What is this song? Why is it so slow?" Maybe they might catch on and be like, "Oh, is this the Eagles song from last year?" Maybe, but the real fans—I know I was rocking in my on my couch yeah. when that came on. Right, I was hype, See, and I appreciate the fact that, that they did that. Isn't that his most popular song? Probably, probably. But I mean, when people perform at these events normally it's usually their with new the songs yeah or the new no, banger you're, you're coming with your bangers right like he could have done amen or he could have done house party or well that's whatever why, that's why j cole set was so was so short i will say i got high because he has no because i love this song no first bangers. things first recipe uncle phil like come on that that gets me hype i can't he's, even lie he's got no bangers so there was you can't hate on uncle phil okay the short the show was really short <laughs> Let's move on. Let's move on. There, <laughs> people, let us know. Listeners to the Ball on Blast and podcast, what let am us I know missing? in the comments. No, what do you think of J. Cole? What do you think of All-Star Weekend? All of the above. Let us know what you think in the comment section wherever you listen to this podcast. People, okay? listeners out there, please tell me what I'm missing. <laughs> tell me what I'm missing. Hey, man, J. Cole dropped some knowledge, man. And in this era, Middle Child sums it up perfectly. He's a product of, he's caught in the middle of the old school and the new school. And he's caught in the middle. No, middle child, no, he's man. not. It's a big he's, song. He's not, he's not caught. He's not caught in the middle. <laughs> Let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. So we'll stick with our All-Star Weekend and we'll do something a little okay. different, Webby. How about this, okay? I'm going to read you some quotes from All-Star okay. Weekend that I found super interesting and just get your take. From players? From players, yep. Okay. And all of these things will just be, you know, things that were players were asked during All-Star Weekend. But because, as Rachel Nichols said, the NBA players, you get all these players in a room. It's kind of like Us Weekly. There's a lot to talk about, right? Sure. So we'll start with Kawhi Leonard and the Toronto Raptors just because, you know, where you hey. live in Toronto and stuff, right? Absolutely. So – Kawhi Leonard was asked about Toronto and how he's liking it so far, okay? Right. And here's a quote. He says, it's great energy out there. The fans come out. They're very supportive. It's a great city. There's a lot to do. It's just been cold. I will say first, a lot of people just took that quote and ended it there and then ran with it in terms of like, oh, my God, he said it's cold. And it's like, guys, it is cold. <laughs> like guys, guys walk outside. Yeah, it, it is cold. Jesus. <laughs> but also, the quote continues, and he says, but, you know, the snow does look nice on days. But, yeah, just need a jacket to go outside. I'm not used to wearing boots and everything, but as far as the whole city, team, coaching staff, organization, the fans, dot, 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 it's been great. Mr. Andrew Webster, if you're a Raptors fan, how should you feel about that quote from one Kawhi Leonard? Extra, extra, read all about it. 
Kawhi Leonard, not that familiar with boots. <laughs> like, why would he? He's from really? San Diego, man. Why would something he need to I'm, wear boots? I'm not, something I'm not familiar with. And I feel what like Tim's in the summer is only shoe? a straight East Coast thing, right? Nah, that's a good point. New York, Philly, right? <laughs> yeah. Tim's shorts and Tim's. Did I ever tell um, you the story about my buddy carving me when we were in Cabo? And he's like, did you really bring Tim's to Cabo? Did you bring Tim, Tim's to the beach? I, was, I didn't wear them on the beach, but like. These are my these are my sand Tim's. <laughs> I didn't wear them on the beach. I didn't wear them by the pool. I wore them at night when we like went to a club. That's Yo, funny. honestly, just had funny. a gr- just had a great idea. Timbo slides. <laughs> Hold on, you can't be giving away those ideas for free, one. I know, I know, I that. really shouldn't. I really shouldn't. Um, so okay, okay. So what do I think that? Uh, how should Raptors fans react to that quote? Yeah. How they react to every quote that Kawhi Leonard is saying? Listen, there's nothing to read into these tea leaves, man. <laughs> like we know, we know Kawhi Leonard. It's like. He's not going to tell us if he's going to stay or if he's going to go yet. Yeah. Like, there's no point. And there's so much he's, is, so much of it is dependent do, on the playoffs. Yeah, he's going to do what he's going to do. It's a long season. It's a long, hopefully a long postseason. Yeah. And you know, get out there and kick some ass, and then you'll really figure out whether or not he wants to stay. It's not going to be because of the weather. It's and, not going to be because of, like, what the fan – like, all basketball players love their fans. He's not going to come out and say, you know who's shitty? The Raptor fans. <laughs> <laughs> of course not. Like, they're, they're great fans in every city in, in the NBA right now. Also, too, uh, but, we talked about it a couple pods ago, right? But there's a quote from, uh, what's his name, Jeremy Castleberry, I think it was. But someone did the article. I think it might have been the Chris Mannix article from a couple weeks ago where he said basically him and Kawhi, they have this thing where it's just they're going garage to garage, right? So, like – you're in your condo or wherever the hell they're staying. You go downstairs to the garage, into the car. You drive to the ACC. And you drive into that garage, and that's yeah. it. Like, it doesn't really matter. You're not going for like long walks along Lakeshore in the freezing cold, right? Like, right. it's not a thing. Yo, uh, hopefully, like you know, maybe you hit up Sneaky D's for a little King's Crown or whatever. <laughs> But uh, honestly, most uh, but that's most of what NBA life is like. Yeah, going from one condo or one house to the the arena and going to practice. It's like, and it, like, uh, it, it's really weird. Raptor fans think that Toronto is some of this like different or unique in, in good way or a bad way mm-hmm. uh, to the rest of the NBA. But it's it it's every NBA city is. The kind of the same thing, right? Well, I mean, it's the same thing. You people are surprised about how lit the fans are, which is cool because it's just a lot better than people assume. But I mean, beyond that, not much has changed, right? I think when they made the trade, a lot of people still suspect he's going to end up with the Clippers, right? And we know all the rumors about Steve Ballmer being here when the Clippers were here. They've been sending scouts all season. I think most people would still assume, as they did at the start of the season, chances are. He's going to go to the Clippers. But the one way the Raptors can really sell their team is have a really good season, be, you know, enjoy the fact or kind of, you know, play along with the fact that Kawhi didn't play that many games last year. So we've seen the load management and kind of let him do his thing. He's averaging career highs and points and rebounds this year. Obviously, he was voted in as a starter for the All-Star game. So he's had a good year. Raps are second in the East. And we know the best sales pitch is winning. So, 
if they the further they make it in the playoffs, the better their sales pitch will be to him at the end, the better chance they have of keeping him. I don't think anything changes. I don't think any of the the quotes coming out of the whole season are going to change any of that, right? Kawhi is just Kawhi. He's a different dude. Um, I forget what podcast I was listening to the ring on The Ringer, but one of the hosts was telling the story how All-Star Weekend, Webby, it was, I think, yeah. All-Star Friday. He's, he said, like, he woke up in the morning. It was, like, 9 a.m. or something. Decided he wanted to go down to the gym and just get on the treadmill, right? Like, get a sweat in before you start your day in the hotel yeah. lobby gym, right? So he's running, headphones on, and then all of a sudden he feels like a presence, but he doesn't look over to see, like, who's beside And then when he looks over, it's Kawhi. <laughs> and he's just kind of right. like... What? Like this dude's really just like up in the morning running in like the hotel lobby gym, right? But hey, that's fantastic. That's Kawhi Leonard, right? I don't know. Anyways, as we've been saying, enjoy the run. Worry about when yeah. he's gonna sign. I, like, when that decision needs to be made. Don't read. Don't read too far into these quotes that Kawhi Leonard gives. Yeah. First of all, like the guy, the guy's not gonna give you anything like that from an innocuous quote about the weather. Uh, would you rock his New Balances, Webby? I haven't seen them. Oh. I saw the commercial. I really liked the commercial. Hold on, let's check them out. Commercial was, I was dope, just on. And the commercial was cool because I feel. I thought like the commercial was really well done and really played into his uh, personality really well. Totally right. Like it was super right. cool talking about how he doesn't take selfies. He doesn't. He doesn't do this. He doesn't do that. It was kind of like subtle shots at, you know, I would say the James Hardens of the world, the Lebrons of the world, the Russes of the world. Like subtle He's shots. Black and white. Black and white Johns with the with the red kind of strap yeah, around them. Yeah, they're not bad. I mean, for New Balances, I mean, I only no, wear they're... Nikes anyways, but I don't even rock Adidas's. Right. So, for me to rock New Balances, it would take a pretty dope, dope shoe, which I don't know what that would look like. But you know, maybe I'd rock like a New Balance hoodie or something. I don't know. Shouts to Kawhi. Peep the uh, uh, the KD eleven amp pearls. Those are the next shoes I want to get. I did see those. I did see those. Oh, bro, bro. I did I see those. Those, those are pretty cool. I need to get those for the summer, like ASAP. Uh, last thing on the Raptors, though, Masai Jerry was doing the tour of ESPN either today or yesterday, and oh. uh, the he was on a bunch of different shows, right? But the yeah, best, doing the car wash. Yes, the thing That's that I was it. most interested by was, ironically enough, he was on with Will Kane, who. If people know who that is, it's a deep dive and a whole other conversation for another day. But uh, Will Kane, I found this pretty interesting. Will Kane was asking him about whether or not he was in on Anthony Davis talks. And Masai's right. first answer, he's kind of like, uh, you know, kind of not really. Right. And like sheepishly answered while tap dancing, because obviously he can't really say. So then Will Kane with the follow-up question, which I thought was really cool because he went on this whole like diatribe about, you know, you already proved that you were all in by getting uh, Kawhi Leonard. And so my take on your franchise was obviously if you were already all in with Kawhi Leonard, it only made sense that you would go continue that and be all in for Anthony Davis. Am I, he's like, am I onto something? Am I making sense here? Or am I full of it? Like, feel free to tell me I'm full of it. And Masai just like awkwardly pauses, has like, I won't say a smirk, but a very funny look on his face. And he's just kind of like, no, that makes sense. <laughs> and I thought that was incredible, right? It was like, I did like a mini fist bump just to be like, yes, of course he was trying to get Anthony Davis. Of I like course, that. Yeah, why wouldn't <laughs> right? Now, did you also see the report today that they, uh, poor Zingas gave the Knicks a list of teams that he wouldn't mind being traded to? Okay. Raptors were on the list. 
right? That would have been pretty cool. That would have been yeah. pretty cool. And a change of this narrative. Nobody wants to come to Toronto. Nobody, right? Doesn't exist. I like it. No, no. I like well, it. It, yeah, it really shouldn't exist in today's NBA. But, yeah, um, yeah, Masai would have been foolish not for trying to at least see what he could get Anthony Davis for. And also, too, it's good to know because, hey, Anthony Davis told us, as we continue our quotes from All-Star Weekend, Anthony Davis did tell us that, hey, there are 29 teams on his list, right? <laughs> did you see that from the weekend? He did a I lot did of contradictory like interviews where he just contradicted himself, saying, like, he never said this or the list that you heard. That was the actual list. And then he said, well, actually, all 29 teams are on my list. And it was just really weird. But I think this quote, summing up just how crazy the Anthony Davis situation has been, because, I mean, he hurt his shoulder the game before the All-Star game, right? Leaves the arena before the game ended. <laughs> Didn't tell With anyone Rich Paul. This, right? With Rich Paul, yes. Uh, Dell Dems gets fired the next day, replaced by Danny Ferry. And then you have the crazy All-Star Weekend quotes. But here's the thing, and this from... Uh, one of the beat writers from the Pelicans. He says, Pelicans fans, breathe easy. Anthony Davis will leave something special for you <laughs> as he exits. Quote, I will always have love for the city of New Orleans. When that time comes, I'm going to definitely have a heartwarming message for them and put it on Instagram like everyone else does. <laughs> <laughs> what? What does that even mean? Oh, man. What should happen next with this Anthony Davis situation, Webby? Should they just find a way to just sit him down for the rest of the year or just have him fake an injury so that he's out for the rest of the year? What should happen? Yeah. How weird was his appearance in the All-Star game, too? Right? You leave the game. Like, you leave the last game this season, it. then you play in the All-Star game. Super odd. I think they should find a way, have him fake an injury, and then he just sits yeah. for the rest of the year, right? He can't play just for the him. team again. Listen, the, the, the owner seems to be taking a pretty hard stand on this, but, yeah, you got to deal him. You just, I think you have to. They messed up the whole situation. They should have just yeah. traded him. Like, I still think you're not going to get a better deal than, like, cool, that Lakers deal might still be there at the end of the year, cool, but you just wasted a whole lot of time because the Celtics aren't giving you a better deal than that. There's too many variables that can change between now and then that you are just waiting on this to see what's going to happen with the Celtics and maybe the Knicks pick. I don't know. Too crazy. It's already been a disappointing season and such a black eye on, I think the NBA on Anthony Davis on Rich Paul on the Pelicans, like just a bad look all around this whole situation. No, it's, it's time to move on from this. I, I think anyways. Yeah, I, I think so too. Uh, how bad do, do you think Rich Paul and LeBron come out in this situation? Just because the Pelic or the Young Bucks on the Lakers, things seem really bad. LeBron obviously was injured before the season. I think I saw some weird quote today about LeBron saying he's he's uh, focusing in and getting in playoff mode early <laughs> because they're in tenth place right yeah. now. Like, what is what's happening in in LA and LeBron Webby? What's your quick take there? What do you well, think? Well, I, I think. I think that everybody in this whole Anthony Davis Lakers situation came out poorly from magic to rich Paul to Benson and new Orleans to the team yeah. to LeBron. I think everybody took a big L in this complete. Gong now it, it, it's so weird now because what looked like 
I don't know, a month or two ago, like a promising Lakers team Mm -hmm. that was kind of built around LeBron with these ancillary pieces that was hovering around the final spot in the East is now, I mean, irreparable. Yeah. It's irreparable. It's And they really need a full, like, they they need another full restart next year. Because I don't think that you can return these players that LeBron clearly wants to get rid of. Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen to the end of this Lakers season, but one of the questions I was going to ask you surrounding just the second half, like the Lakers, my two things I want to focus on the most heading towards the end of this this season or the unofficial second half is what's going to happen with LeBron and the Lakers, how they finish up. I think there's no way a LeBron James team, if he's playing, there's no way they miss the playoffs. I don't see that happening, but I'm interested to watch how that plays out. And obviously the Raptors. Those are the two things that I'm looking forward to the most in terms of the second half of the season. For you? Well, okay. So so I'm looking my, – my, my Eastern one has to do with the Raptors. It's just that race. Mm-hmm. I want to see those five teams. They're all separated, I think, by like six, seven games yeah. heading into this final third uh, of the season. I, I think it's going to be an awesome horse race. And it's going to be must-see TV anytime. The Pacers, Celtics, Sixers, Raptors, or Bucks play each other. And there's going to be a lot of those games down the stretch. It's going to be great. I agree. Now, it's going to be so much fun. So much in fun. The, in the West, I want to see I want to see how the Oklahoma City Thunder finishes year, finish ah, the year. I like that one. I, I like that one. This, I, really, like this, I, I love the Thunder right now. And if you want to t- if we want to talk about who's our MVP uh, of the league right now, um, I know people are putting him third, but Paul George is playing. Uh, li- he's balling. He's balling right now. Like it's insane, and it's also insane to see what Russell Westbrook is doing for that team. How he galvanizes every player from the Paul Georges to the young guys to the guys who were you know third, fourth off the bench. Mm-hmm. And doing this by shooting 30%. <laughs> right. And still they're averaging the, a triple-double. Right? He's averaging like 20, most, 11, and 10 or something like that. Like somewhere around there, right? It's They're disgusting. the most enigmatic. Uh, the team is an enigma is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Yeah, man. And night in, night in, night out, they just play so hard. It's It's awesome. And you know what, Webby? I'm going to pat ourselves on the back because at the start of the season, one of the things we pointed out, again, I always say it, check the receipts. Videos are there. You can find them. They're there. We said we're looking forward to how Oklahoma City is going to play this year, and I thought they were going to have a bounce-back year because Paul George would be a lot more comfortable in his second year. There's no mellow, which just helps everyone settle into their role (laughs) a little more. But the part I didn't see was, you know, they talked about it recently. Paul George really challenging Russ to match his defensive intensity night in, night out. I, and those two guys are, say the what, same in thing. the top three yeah. in steals, if not top two yeah. in the league in steals. And OKC, I'm pretty sure, is a top three team in defensive rating. And so... Russell, Russell Westbrook shooting has gone off a cliff, but he's never been this good of a defender in his career. Yeah. Like, he would get a lot of steals normally, but that's because he's gambling. Yeah, yeah. He's, He's doing the Kobe, you know, just jumping into the lanes, Which trying to get a turnover. he's still doing, but his ball defense is on the defender, you know, or on the ball defending has been taken up a notch, right? He's matching Paul George, who we already know is one of the best two-way players in the game. But 
that duo, man, it's crazy. And their role players are fitting in. It's You can see team chemistry. Team chemistry is an intangible that isn't measured by stats. But to me, it says something when Russ, Paul George, even Ray Felton are courtside at the dunk-off, hyping up their guy Diallo, yeah. right? Like, that stuff matters. I know people don't think it does because we think there's a, there needs to be a stat to break everything down. But I think that's pretty cool to see, man. I thought that was pretty cool. And if they can really make a push here and, and continue what Paul George has been doing in the first half of the season here down the home stretch, how great, how great would a Western Conference Finals be between it's the it's the Thunder and the Warriors would be the the Western Conference Finals that we damn near deserve with Paul George just to see hold on with Paul George matching KD's output from KD's last year in OKC. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah. And it would be playing awesome. better defense. Like that's a now, part I don't know. missing too. No. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But I don't know if they have the shooting to get through. What would it be like? Two rounds of the playoffs. Yeah, that's going to be tough. They're going to really have to find where what they can in terms of three point shooting. But if they can get a couple of guys who get hot down the stretch, who knows? And like I, they're they're the team. If you want to point to one team down this stretch that I want to watch, it's going to be the Thunder. They got Markeith, right? They got Markeith That's Morris, right. too, which is solid pickup for them. Oh, just makes them – they're a junkyard dog team. Yeah. That's, oh, yeah. That's, that's going to be great. Pickup. But speaking of the Thunder, a former Oklahoma City Thunder was making some noise all-star weekend because of the budding bromance between one Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. And this is one of the funniest things, and this is what makes the NBA the NBA because of NBA Twitter. I know hockey Twitter, for some reason, in Canada has been getting a push lately as if that's a thing, <laughs> which compared to NBA Twitter, it's, it's, like, it's a joke, right? <laughs> but the, I will say good uh, hockey Twitter is, uh, you know, Evan on the row? Yes. Yeah, Evan's good hockey Twitter. What's the follow? I'll follow him up. Uh, here, here, here. Get, we'll, we'll shout him we'll out shout here him at the out? Okay, I like I like it. Hold on, let me But go basketball it. Twitter, just jump in whenever you find it. But I'll continue. Basketball Twitter was on fire because obviously people are trying to find ev- any single piece of evidence that would tie Kevin Durant and or Kyrie Irving to the Knicks ne- next year, right? And obviously it's not just basketball Twitter because we, we talked about the New York Post cover that had a picture of Kyrie, KD, and Zion with the whole living on a prayer. And that's the New York Post, right? But there's more stuff coming out now, right? There was video with pe- which people ran with of Kyrie and Katie talking in the hallway. And people are like, oh my gosh, what are they talking about, right? People took those photos of Katie when he was holding the All-Star MVP trophy. And there's like literally nobody else standing around except for Kyrie <laughs> standing right yeah. behind him clapping. And, you know, it's one of those things where if you play the video, it probably doesn't look that bad. But the one frame of the photo looks like Kyrie's the only one standing there, like, clapping for his best friend. Like, it's (laughs) – I don't know, Webby. There's a lot of stuff going on. And then there's photographs came up of them having dinner in Miami. Was it last night or sometime in between the All-Star break and tonight as we're taping this podcast, right? Them in Miami having dinner. There's a lot going on. And, Add that to Bill, and, Bill Simmons, who said two things on his pod. He said the two most talked about things during All-Star Weekend was one about James Dolan selling the Knicks or t- 
open to offers for the Knicks. But also, he said there was no one that was willing to dispel the talk of KD going to New York and also Kyrie moving on from the Celtics. No one was ready to dispel that, okay? That's right. from one source, namely Bill Simmons. I'm wrapping this all up, then I'm going to ask you if this is something to make a big deal of, okay, Webby? Then today on The Herd, okay, Sam Amick, okay, big-time writer, NBA senior writer for The Athletic, formerly and of USA Today, I'm pretty sure as well. But he says, quote, Colin Coward asked him about, do you see Kevin Durant leaving Golden State? He said, quote, right now I do. His people have gone around the league and talked in pretty alarming terms about the New York possibility. That's why we're talking about it so much. Webby. <laughs> that's, that's not just internet rumors anymore. These are legitimate NBA writers. Who's got, who's got more leaks? Who's got more leaks? The Trump White House or Kevin Durant? Well, I'm going to add to the leaks because this from the New York Post. I'm reading this from an article... That's by Mark Berman, and the title in the New York Post says, The Kevin Durant pal who could be a factor in any Knicks deal. And it says there's been speculation that Durant's agent, New York-based Rich yeah. Kleiman, I, yeah, hope I'm Rich Kleiman. That. I hope I'm pronouncing that right, but he, yeah. Rich Kleiman could join the Knicks front office if Durant comes. Yeah, that's been a story now for the last little while. And he actually said that on the on the Simmons podcast. Exactly what I was about to bring up, Webby. So there's a lot of stuff going on. The Simmons podcast, he acknowledged the fact that he's obviously a diehard Knicks fan or grew up a diehard Knicks fan, always going to have a lot of love for that organization while tap dancing around the free agency talks. There's a lot of stuff. Then when you add in the whole Draymond thing and Draymond blatantly calling out KD, the way that KD snapped at the media over the Kristaps Porzingis stuff, right? When he could have just said, guys, I don't want to talk about it, but instead he went the complete other way and overreacted. Are we making a lot out of nothing or is there something here? What do you think Kevin Durant's going to do at the end of this season, Webby? I think he's going to leave and I think he's going to go to the Knicks. I, hey. I mean, what else would you have me believe? With, with everything that's happened with Kevin Durant over the last five months mm -hmm. hasn't it all been pointing towards this i totally agree there's also rumors that he might be moving because we know about lebron's production company right kevin durant mm -hmm. also has a production company in which they launched their uh a show on espn plus i'm pretty sure called the boardroom and that's right but his production company there's rumors that that's being moved right now to new york offices so yes. <laughs> there's so much smoke and if we go back to LeBron last year, the writing was on the wall, right? For him making this move to LA and we tried to talk ourselves out of it. But in the end, that's what ended up happening. And I feel like this is very familiar as well as we're watching the budding bromance with Kyrie and uh, KD again. And Hey, I just don't think that these things come from nowhere, right? Like legitimate reporters aren't just, making this stuff exactly up. no 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 no. you're absolutely right and then for dolan after simmons said that to come out and said he has no uh intention of selling the knicks uh, you know raise your hand if you believe james dolan about that really raise your hand if you really. believe james dolan about anything right anything <laughs> yeah it's just as that, that that's like hearing the coach that's like uh hearing ownership say they're giving the coach a, a vote of confidence <laughs> exactly 
You're it's so right about of, that. It's a kiss, it's of, kiss death. of death. Totally, totally true. Yeah. Um, the other thing here, Webby, is there was a whole Kyrie Irving um, back and forth with the media. And, of course, I switched away from the window for no reason. But this that came was up. Tonight, did you see right? that today? Yes, I did. And we're going to go to one of my favorite segments where I just read to you, Mr. Andrew Webster, mm-hmm. to get your take on what's happening. This is a segment, Webby, I like to call reading. <laughs> and <laughs> I'll read fun, this man. full exchange with what you brought up today. Kyrie Irving had this exchange with reporters about the video with Kevin Durant. Okay. Okay. So question, Kyrie, when folks are trying to dissect this kind of private conversation between you and Durant before the game, does that bother you? Did you see kind of the way that sort of started? How do you dissect that? Kyrie Irving, quote, I don't dissect it at all. I disconnect. So any anybody's stories or social media, like, I'm completely off it. I just don't care for it. It ruins locker rooms. It ruins, like, the confidence in people. And it's just fictitious way of feeling validated in the world so it doesn't really matter to me question do you want to say anything about the video to kind of pour water (laughs) Kyrie quote to what (laughs) reporter do you want to say anything about the video to kind of chill it or what because people are obviously talking about it Kyrie Kyrie says quote (laughs) what does it matter to me I don't even have a private life when I'm out there in the NBA. Somebody wants to take a video and, I mean, what is it? Pour water on it? I'm a human being talking to another best friend of mine. Like, it's just crazy. This is the stuff that just doesn't make the league fun. Like, it doesn't make the league fun. Nobody helps promote the league even more by doing bullshit like that of just fictitious putting things on what we're talking about. It's just, it's crazy. I guess that's what you wanted, huh? question no i'm just saying it's out there do you want to cool cool it off or whatever Kyrie says by what question people are running with it saying we haven't written about it we're coming to you to ask you about it Kyrie says quote people like who then see and you're going this you're having this back and forth with the media and it just doesn't make sense like you know what they're talking about just say we were talking about what we're gonna eat for dinner you laugh and then that's it and you move on no like, no, I don't get this back exactly. and forth because the reporter is right. The reporter says, well, it's all over the Internet, to which Kyrie says, quote, is the Internet real for you in your life? It's my life, right? It's two people talking, having a conversation. If this was a real world, would anybody would it be anybody else's business? But it's a video of somebody assuming what we're talking about, right? Making an opinion about it. So why would I care about it? Why does it have an impact on my life? Why are you asking me those types of questions about cooling it off? For what? I don't get it. I don't get Kyrie's response to this, Webby. Do you? Like, all he has to say is we were talking about dinner and it's not a big deal and that's it. And instead, he's questioning why people would care about him talking to Kevin Durant. Which, like, of course people are talking about him talking to Kevin Durant. No? Here's what I like about Kyrie Irving is that he really thinks that he can talk himself out of any situation. <laughs> yes. You know, he thinks that he can out-talk the media, but that's what the media is there to do, is catch you in exactly something like this. And the more that you try to talk your way out of it, mm-hmm. the more you're just digging a hole. Like you say, he should have just been, he should have just said, I don't know what you guys are talking about, I don't want to talk about it, I'm here to talk about the game. 
also too like i feel like the reporter's line of questioning just makes sense completely fair right like he says he follows up and says the reason we're asking about it is because the fans are interested in it Kyrie says oh the fans this is about the fans so you write for the fans <laughs> the reporter says what do you do with your life yeah absolutely and that's a reasonable right like yes of course reporters write for the fans yeah so Kyrie says that's where we started off the conversation. What I do with my life is my business, so it's none of yours. It's not anybody's business, right? So it's a video of me and one of my best friends talking, and then it turns out to be a dissection of a free agency meeting. Do you get that? Like, do you get that? And then I'm asked questions about it. That's what disconnects me from all that shit. Like, because I have no connection to that. Over a video, I'm asked a question about the fans, and you brought up the fans. Come on, man. You don't do it for like. You do it for likes and clicks. Everybody does. Everybody wants to hear me talk like this. Everybody wants to hear an athlete talk about the bullshit like this. A video, though, to pour water on it, it makes no sense. It just makes no sense. It's not real life. So, on the one hand... So, he's going to New York. He's going to New York with Kevin Durant. Right? Because he's acknowledging the fact that, okay, cool. Reporters are doing this for likes and clicks. Cool. That's the industry. They are doing it for the fans because the fans do care about whether the biggest, most popular franchise, maybe the second most popular franchise in the NBA, could be getting two max players. That's a big deal. So, of course, the reporters are going to talk about it. But also, this whole, this is my life, this is my business, you guys think I should pour water on a conversation? It's like, yes, because you could so easily do it, no? Like, instead of calling it dumb, all they have to do is say, well, they could say it's dumb and then say we were just talking about nothing. Like, of course we weren't talking yeah. about free agency. There Why would we talk to... about free agency in a hallway in front of everybody? That would make no sense. Like, there's so many ways out of it instead of being combative with the media, which is, again, that is adding more fuel to the fire. And when you're saying players or the fans want to hear athletes talk like this is like yeah they do and if you know that and you don't want to do that why are you falling for the trap no and it's like you know you're protesting too much Kyrie. yeah by making all these crazy denials and trying to run the reporter around you're just basically saying that yeah something we were talking about stuff like that you know i'm trying to get out of this on Oh, what, is the internet real to you? It's like, bro, what are you talking about? Like, is this what you talked about or not? And if if you don't want to answer the question, you can do that too. But to try and turn it around and get all defensive definitely, like, shows out that, man, there is something definitely going on there. Yeah, and I just think there's too much surrounding all of this. Like, there was no need for Kyrie when the Celtics were in New York for him to just randomly – just turn this whole like turn it against the media and make it this whole thing where he's dissing Boston and well not dissing Boston but talking about how tough of a season they've had like there's there's too much going on right now where the groundwork appears to be there for both him and Katie to end up in New York and obviously they can't say that now but I mean when you're talking about businesses moving you're talking about Katie's agent with ties to the Knicks front office you're talking about, is Dolan going to sell the team? You're talking about, like, there's so much going on. The Draymond thing to me was the first legitimate sign that, hey, we need to pay attention to this because that is someone riding with KD each and every day. And if he's questioning whether KD's all in or out, 
next season, how can the fans and everyone else not question it, right? Right. That would be my answer to KD when or Kyrie when they say, why are you asking me about this? Well, Draymond said blank, <laughs> right? <laughs> Seems to be an answer for everything, right? I feel like that should be an answer to everything. Well, Draymond said so, and that's a good enough answer, no? <laughs> oh, man. A uh, couple more things here, Webby. I just want to get your, your opinion on. All right. There is a video of Steph Curry being mic'd up on All-Star Weekend. He's talking to uh, Coach Bud, and he's mic'd up. But it looks like he's not, like, I don't want to say that he doesn't know he's being filmed because you you're on the court, so you have to know you're being filmed, and you have to know that you're right. mic'd up. But he says to Coach Bud, he says, I talked to James, meaning James Harden. I talked to James Harden in the back and obviously complimented him on what he's done. The first thing he says is, quote, it's fun, but I want to play different. Playing by myself or whatever, hero ball, the people want him to play like that. Play in a system where they actually can play beautiful basketball with guys that know how to play. <laughs> Why did Steph Curry tell Coach Bud this while he's mic'd up so everybody could hear it? <laughs> right like what yeah <laughs> like why would he do that that just seems so weird to me no unless it was like an inside joke and he kind of knew that he was being so he did it on purpose filmed. maybe yeah maybe i don't know it looked it looked like a serious conversation but i just found it kind of funny and i mean hey james harden did an interview with rachel nichols shout out to queen rachel nichols the queen of the nba of course um but she did a great interview with james harden where he talked about how he was hearing all the noise and people talking negatively about his streak. And he said, quote, it's just something he had to do. And, you know, people were kind of talking about, can you win like that in the playoffs and all that stuff? And his response was kind of like Kobe's, which people took out of context. But Harden was basically saying, it's what I have to do right now because of what our team's like. But he knows that he can't win in the playoffs like that. Like, everybody knows that. What, what did you make of Harden's streak that's still going, by the way? But... What do you? What's your take on Harden's streak and just how it's gone and people talking about it being ugly basketball and this, that, and the third? What What do you make of? Well, that? hey, it might be ugly basketball, but for the Rockets to keep winning games the way they have been over the last few months, he needs to do this. Yeah, no, I totally. Agree. And, and and you know what? Like, I don't mind it. I I, I kind of get why people are like, oh, you know, it's ugly basketball. This is not the way it's supposed to be played, but. I don't know. I think it's pretty amazing to watch James Harden with the ball in his hand. I agree with you, man. I think it's been it's been like he's had to do it out of necessity because he's playing with, you know, a bunch of castaways from other teams when you're talking about Austin Rivers and um Kenneth Fareed, you know, PJ Tucker, they're relying on him probably a little too much, but that's just the situation they've been in, right? And you're right. At the end of the day, they're winning games. So clearly he's doing something right. If the end goal is to win and they're winning, hey, he's done a job and kept them in it while they've dealt with the injuries of Chris Paul. And he knows it's not sustainable. Everybody knows it's not sustainable, but it's been a heck of a ride. But going back to the MVP talk, where do you rank him versus Paul George versus Giannis? Well, I would probably, like, I think that me putting Paul George number one in these MVP discussions is kind of like a hot take right okay i think that right now most people have Giannis, harden paul george but i have it complete the other way okay i have paul paul george harden Giannis. 
interesting interesting okay okay we'll see how that plays out that will be one of the most fun storylines to see you know yeah that's gonna be great for the second half paul george can he continue to improve is his numbers just like he was putting up like 30 something over the month of january like he's (laughs) just been on a tear it's been just his field goal percentage is like insane as well like he's just doing everything oh it's been great to watch um there's one other quote that I want to get your take on before we wrap up and head to our Ask on Blast segment, Webby. But Dame Lillard said, quote, I'm not willing to sell myself out for championships. Is that some shade at Kevin Durant? What do you what do you make of that quote, Mr. Andrew Webster? I think, that I, you know what, I think that's shade on the whole league. <laughs> I mean, and, and it's funny, you know, Dame's name is one of those ones that pops up from time to time. Yeah. You know, would the Lakers do – what would the Lakers do with Dame? Yeah. You know, where else could you get Dame, you know, to, like, take a team from the east, put him over to the top? Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. Like, this is what I like about today's NBA. Like, in that player empowerment era doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, you're going to go to the highest bidder. Yeah. Player empowerment also means that if you want to stay and make it work in Portland, as Dame Lillard says that he does – you can do that. You can, yeah. And he went on to say, and I thought this was super interesting. He was talking about the Pelicans and Anthony Davis, obviously, right? And he said they swept them out of the playoffs last year, right? Yeah. And now look at what's happening. And you would think if there was a team that would have been in turmoil or blowing up or whatever, it'd be his team. But instead, it's not. And he just found that so weird. And it was kind of interesting to, to hear that perspective because it's not a way that I would have looked at that situation until he said that, right? And it is super interesting. And they're in what you would call a small market and they have a great fan base and he's just committed to the organization and his team. And he said, you know what? It's a testament to the environment and the organization, which I thought was a really big point to make as well. It's funny. You compare that quote with the Kawhi Leonard quote, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And it's... Similar. Now... This might be really cynical, but is there much difference that you find? Is that just maybe Dame Lillard being a little more articulate? Because you take it back to Kyrie too, in front of um, in front of the group of not shareholders, but uh, season ticket holders. At the start of the year, he yeah. said, "Yeah, he said, you know, I I'm gonna stay, you know, basically to that end." Yeah. It's so funny, you know, like we like to think of Dame as being really sincere when he does say that. But, again, I wouldn't blame him if he does choose to go with a different team if the situation does change. I think that we hold these guys to, like, way way high standards, like, and yeah. take them at their word. So when you say this here at 11 o'clock on February the 20th, 2019, like, if you – deviate from what you say at that time you're going to be labeled as a liar well the other part too is and i've said this for a while and i feel like as the years go on it's getting worse not worse and worse but it's becoming more and more apparent that's the right term i want to make because whether it's getting worse is depending on what side you're on and in fact i'm on the player side being able to do whatever the hell the player wants you have more power i'm an employee as well so hey i'm going to be on the player side right but i've said this for a while it's aau basketball Right now, you're talking about yeah. a generation of kids that grew up playing AAU basketball. What is AAU basketball? Well, hey, my team is okay, but that guy's team, they have a better point guard. They have another shooting guard. I'd fit better over there. You know what? I'm going to switch AAU teams, and I'm going to go over there and play. And you have a generation of kids that have been used to that since, you know, what, grade 8? 
grade seven, if not before then. So all the way up through high school, one year of college, which you get to pick wherever you're going to go play anyways. Yeah. You might group up with your friends as we're watching Duke still, right? Knowing that yeah. all those freshmen, they, they like called Zion and tried to make sure he was coming to Duke as well. So that obviously will translate into the NBA when they realize, hey, we have the same amount of power too. So to me, it's been there for a while to see the players realizing the power that they now have in the situation. So Anthony Davis might have failed in his attempt, but it was worth a try because it could have worked. And if it was another yeah. GM and another organization, it might have worked. So who knows? I, I'm not I'm not mad at Dame for having his opinion, but I like the fact that he does have that opinion because it's just different from the norm of what we're seeing right now. Right. Uh, but let's wrap up this podcast. I know it's been a while, and I guess that's why we've been talking for so long, Webby. So much to catch up on. But we can't. We had to save time for our Ask on Blast segment. You told me before we started recording that you had something that you wanted to bring up on Ask on Blast. So I'll, leave, I'll hand it over to you, Mr. Andrew Webster. What, what do you got for me? I've got a homework assignment for you and for all the listeners at home. Okay. There's a movie that just got released on Netflix the other day. It's called High Flying Bird. Have you heard of this movie? I have not. Okay. This is a movie directed by Steven Soderbergh, the guy who did uh, Out of Sight, mm -hmm. uh, Ocean's Eleven. Okay. He made this movie, uh, and it's about an NBA agent. It's about the first overall pick in the draft, and it's about player empowerment ah. and what the NBA is going through right now. I saw someone tweeting it's, about this. Was it, it probably was you. It was absolutely fantastic, Shelley. Okay, I'm in. It's, I'm in. It's, it's one of the best sports movies um, of the last decade. And it's just straight and to Netflix. And there's no sports in it. Yeah. Now, get this. There are. It's kind of broken up with some real interviews with actual NBA players. Okay. Reggie Jackson. Okay. Carl Anthony Towns. And, oh, shit. Who's the third one? Oh, Donovan Mitchell. Okay. I'm in. So. It's um, uh, but what's her name from Atlanta is in it? Vanessa. Uh, his yeah 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 Van. Van yep. And I really should look up her real name. I apologize. I, I think it's Zazzy Beats or something. Zz Beats, something like that. And then um, did you see the second? Uh, did you see the second season of what was that fake documentary with the kids? American Vandal. I did not see that, no. Uh, okay, so the kid who played the basketball player in that is in it. Okay. And then um and then the main character you're going to recognize as well. He was in he was one of the guys in Moonlight. Uh he okay. was one of the guys at the end of Moonlight. Anyway, he's fantastic. All right. So and it was all it, it was all shot on an iPhone. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Yo, you just sold me like 10 times over on this. Like there are so many points in there where I was like, "All right, I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. I'm definitely in on this." I will try to watch it for sure before watch next this movie. week's podcast. Watch this movie. It's only an hour and a half. It's super short. Okay. Right? Definitely in. And, and tell me what you think because I think it's going to be your favorite movie of the year. Okay. I'm definitely in. And, of course, listeners, you guys do the same. If you've already seen it or if you haven't seen it, watch it, comment, let us know what you think, and we'll read those comments on next week's podcast, right? Sounds good? Yeah. Sounds like High flying bird. High flying bird. Um, also, I will recommend, because I've, you know, with no NBA, I've been forced to, you know, I know find other things to watch. We've been struggling. Find other things to watch. And 
I made the mistake of watching Abducted in Plain Sight. Oh my god! <laughs> I don't know. Oh my god! Blame Matt oh Lowe my for god. this. Matt Lowe and Hannah talked no, no, me no. into watching it. And... It's absolutely so. The, the only thing is, like you, like you're gonna feel better about your parents no matter how you were raised. <laughs> that's that's a great take, and yes, because <laughs> yes. no matter how bad your parents were, they're not as bad as the Abducted in Plain Sight parents. Yes, and that was like. I'm like, why am I watching this? And every time you think it couldn't get worse, it gets like 10 more times worse. I'm just no, like, this my isn't favorite real. Is... There's like three times where I'm like, hold on, aliens? Wait, what are we talking about right now? <laughs> Yo, my wife and I have been making the joke for the last like two weeks since we've seen it is, and that's when the trouble really started. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, wait, are you talking about the first or the second time your oh daughter was kidnapped God. by your neighbor? And the dad and like... Oh, my God. There's too many Netflix docs right now because I'm going back to the Fire Festival doc and the scene now that everyone's talking about with my guy, the water guy, we'll call it, for people who haven't seen it. The water guy and the dad from Abducted from Plain Sight should get together. No, but I'm saying both of those scenes, I did not see that coming (laughs) at all. I was just like, wait, what? (laughs) Hold on. What did my guy just say? (laughs) What? Yeah. It's oh my insane. god! Out it's of insane. nowhere, but yeah, that is a crazy watch. But I would recommend that you, you don't watch it as a last thing before you go to bed. <laughs> no, kids, don't watch it. Um, and I also watched the show You. Oh yeah. Okay, so the wife's watched You. I haven't watched You. Okay, maybe maybe you'll give me uh, Mrs. Webster's take next week on You because I thought it was super interesting in the sense that. It was an interesting premise, but then it just got super creepy and I felt weird watching it because I was like, okay. I was worried about society and there's, are there creepers watching right now that are taking cues Getting from ideas. what my guy's doing? Yeah. It was super fucked up. And, you know, there's a lot of moments in it where you have to dispel reality and like, okay, this is completely ridiculous and would never happen, but okay, I'll follow you on this, my guy. Right? Like, this is not realistic at all. But I'll follow you on this. Um, There's a lot of that in there. But still an interesting watch. And, fellas, I'll say it's something that you can watch with the girl, for sure. Right? The girl will enjoy it. And you can watch it, you know, as a a combo watch, you know? But, uh, yeah. Those are our recommendations. As always, let us know what you guys think in the comments. And we'll talk about it next week. Because we'll, we'll trade some watches, right? I'll watch that movie for sure. And we'll talk about that next week. Sound like a plan, Webby? High Flying Bird. High Flying Bird. I'm in. Um, if people want to give you their takes on High Flying Bird or anything else, basketball-wise or, you know, Philly-wise, chirp you about Embiid being hurt again, <laughs> anything well, at all. Well, I'm already... I'm already getting plenty of chirps from people that I don't even follow because earlier today I said that Duke was going to roll North Carolina, and right now I'm paying for it. Well, I mean, who could? There's probably a lot of money, a lot of money being lost tonight in Vegas because, I mean, Zion going down under a minute into the game—that's just crazy, right? But hey, what can you do? Uh, one last thing. To, sorry, before I forget, Demar Derozan is making his return to Toronto on Friday. We definitely got to talk about that before we go. I can't believe I almost forgot, but Webby, the reception, what reception do you think he will get from the Toronto fans? And Positive. Just we live in Canada. At this moment in time right now, as you look back at the whole situation, this was a definite win for Masai Ujiri, no? Yes, 
But Raptors unless they don't unless they don't make it to the conference finals. Okay. Okay. And DeMar DeRozan, greatest Raptor of all time. Raps should give him a standing O. Is he the greatest Raptor he'll, of all time, Webby? He is, and he'll get a standing O. Okay. I think that DeMar DeRozan, he deserves a standing ovation. It will be nice to see him get the standing ovation because he deserves it. He embraced the fans the entire time he was here. He over-delivered uh, in terms of what the expectations were when the Raptors drafted him. He over-delivered in terms of when Brian Colangelo re-upped his contract after his rookie deal, when everyone thought Colangelo was crazy for giving him that nine and a half, I think that's what it was, nine and a half a year that Colangelo gave him. He over-delivered on that. And yeah. he took the franchise from you know Chris Bosh leaving and the team in a downturn. And he was a part, along with Kyle Lowry and Dwayne Casey, they were the cornerstones on turning the franchise around into being respectable again and to getting the franchise to the place that it is right now. So, yeah, DeMar DeRozan deserves nothing but a salute. And I know a lot of people think that I'm a DeMar DeRozan hater, but I will just say that Kawhi Leonard is definitely a much better player. So as much as I salute DeMar DeRozan and thank him and congratulate him for his time, I am super excited to see what Kawhi Leonard does for the rest of the season. <laughs> and if Masai had to do it again, I'd be all aboard for it again. <laughs> exactly. But Webby, if people want to get your takes and tweet you during the Raptors and DeMar DeRozan's return, where can they find you, man? Really easy on Instagram and Twitter at AWebster84. And you can find me on Twitter at Shell Alexander and on Instagram at Shell Alexander. Of course, this is the Ball on Blast podcast part of the on blast podcast network meaning there's a little something we call the wrap it up podcast which is our on blast raptors post game show which you can find live on twitter at shell alexander and you can also find that podcast afterwards the same place you find this podcast on itunes on soundcloud on google play and of course on youtube just search on blast podcast huge shout out to the ogs on soundcloud that have been rocking with us from day one and as the numbers continue to grow i'll never forget the ogs from soundcloud thank you guys for continuing to rock with us we appreciate all the comments and listens and subscribes and shares same thing goes for itunes as those numbers continue to grow as well and huge shouts to youtube man i mean in half this season we've seen our our youtube subscriptions we're on the brink of getting to a thousand subscriptions in like what two three months of having these video podcasts up during the season numbers on our ball on blast podcasts are up numbers on the wrap it up podcasts are up on youtube so salute to all you guys thank you for the likes and shares because that's how we're getting to a thousand subscriptions that quickly and that's a big mark on youtube so thank you guys for that thank you webby for joining me each and every week on this podcast couldn't do it without you my dude so huge shouts to you as well for being a part a big time part of the on blast family so salute to you and to the fans big shouts to you guys man thank you for talking about basketball with me every week amen basketball we love basketball and of course this is a ball on blast podcast and you know what after giving all the thank yous it means so much more as we talked earlier about meek mill and dreams and nightmares and what that means to the culture and i know people think that it might just be a joke or a catchy line but meek mill and what he means to the culture what it means to me i don't just say it as a joke because i really did used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this this is the ball on blast 
podcast. I almost said wrap it up podcast. (laughs) (laughs) This is the Ball on Blast podcast. As always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, see ya. Peace. This is Ball on Blast, part of the On Blast podcast network. Available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube. If you like it, then subscribe and tell your friends. Holla. Boom, blast.